Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show where we bring a fresh squirrel liver mindset to the Fogwap-obsessed podium of Formula One racing. Mm-mm-mm, doesn't that sound so good? My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, auto journalist and author Alanis King. Alanis, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I am great. Just think about that liver still. Uh, and today, we have a special guest joining us, one of the OGs of automotive YouTube one of the longest-running channels, I think, in the sphere. It's Jason Fenske from Engineering Explained. Jason, how are you? I am great. Thank you all for having me. Uh, I'm also intrigued by this squirrel liver. I've been watching alone <laughs> recently, so it's like bringing in these visuals. Oh, my husband watched that. <laughs> That's like the uh, survival competition show, right? Yes. Yes. It's kind of horrifying. I I go in the other room when he's watching it. I'm not into it. I think I would like go a day and a half pretty solid and then like cut a finger off while trying to chop wood or something <laughs> and be like yeah I'll, I'll 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 keep going through it i could keep going i could manage the cameras and nothing else <laughs> yeah there yeah. you go i feel like nolan would sit on the beach for a day and a half and then he would decide he needed shelter yeah <laughs> definitely i mean i would oh my god i would totally use it as a chance just for a vacation for sure 100 <laughs> percent in today's episode, we're talking about the Belgian Grand Prix. But first, we want to get a little idea of Jason's relationship with Formula One. You know, I'm excited that this is my first chance to be on this podcast because my first Formula One race that I ever attended was Spa in 2014. Oh, wow. Um, which was before Drive to Survive, so I have to like <laughs> get mild credit. Were you a fan of the sport? Long before that? So I was. I was invited basically by Ferrari. It was a Ferrari sponsor. Um, so got to go with Ferrari, which was awesome. It was when Kimi and uh, Fernando were Ferrari's drivers. We're on a first name basis. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> actually, so there was a really awkward moment where <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be able to ask either of them any questions. Um, because they're like, I, I was fresh into YouTube like literally nobody and <laughs> arrive and there's this point where they're like oh okay we'll let media ask some questions and it like fed through a couple questions and then they just fernando alonso is like right in front of me they put the mic in front of me and they're like jason do you have a question for fernando and i just said nope 
<laughs> Jason, are you serious? You said no. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I had no clue it was going to happen. I was like, everyone here is like more important than I am. I'll let them have their time. I'll just observe. And then they put the mic right in my face. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not ready. And like, I can't. I just can't think on the fly like that. So I just, no. <laughs> that's so funny, man. And that's my only interaction ever with Fernando Alonso. Another embarrassing story happened on this trip, actually. So I'm flying over. Um, I'm starting to feel sick on the plane. And uh -oh. I'm like, uh-oh, I don't feel great. So I go up to the bathroom, and I'm waiting because someone's inside. Then this, like, little old lady comes by, and I'm like, uh-oh, like, she needs to go. Like, I'm going to give her priority. And so, like, I feel like I'm sick. Like, I need to be in that bathroom. <laughs> but anyways, this, this lady's coming, so I put my arms up, like, because I was like, I'm going to fall over. Like, I, I just don't feel good. So I put my arms up so she could walk underneath me to get to the bathroom. Then I wake up. Like, I passed out in that moment. I put Whoa. my arms up. Well, this lady's going to the plane. So I wake up. There's, like, a doctor from the plane, you know, somebody that they called from on board. And they're like, first thing we do when we land, you got to go to the hospital. Make sure you're okay because I passed out. And I kept thinking in my head, I was like, no, like, I'm going to be in a Ferrari with Mark Genet in, like, two hours. And if I go to the hospital, there's no chance this is happening. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't. I just went. You know, like, pretended nothing happened. They're like, you're going to go to the hospital, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. Got <laughs> off, like, go find the sponsor, get in the car with Mark Genet, uh, which was sick, and rode around in a Ferrari. It was the first time I'd been in a Ferrari, so it was, like, very exciting. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Did you fall on the poor little lady? I don't think so. I th Because I, I hit my head on the way down on, like, one of the cabinets. <laughs> and I remember one of the flight attendants coming over and being like, you hit your head pretty hard on that. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> good thing i was unconscious when i hit my head because otherwise i would have felt it i felt amazing afterwards like passing out was the reset my body needed and then i was ready to go oh hell yeah except for when they asked you to ask fernando something you were not ready to go yeah that, well <laughs> i can blame that on hitting the cabinet that's crazy anyways that's my relationship with formula one I don't think too many people hit their heads this weekend, but a lot did happen, including a sprint race and a beloved team principal's departure from his team. So oh. let's get right into it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. First up was qualifying. It rained, but according to the F1 site and broadcast, it was wet enough for intermediate tires, but not as bad as some people may have expected. So we had Williams, Logan Sargent crash in fp1 ouch um this was allegedly caused by a mechanical issue not driver error so he joined qualifying late he was eliminated in q1 alongside alex albon joe guan yu daniel ricardo and nico hulkenberg here's a question does anybody know if logan Sargent has made it past q1 this year i think he's done it once i think it was in baku if i'm not mistaken wow incredible memory. Yeah. <laughs> incredible memory nolan we didn't just look that up no definitely um, not no, not at all. Did we see the tweet this weekend? I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but the F1 troll tweet this weekend that said Logan Sargent is mathematically eliminated from the championship. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So from the coverage of that session, they were like, you got to feel for a few drivers here. Ricardo just drifted wide, losing lap time that was enough to make it through Q2. Hulkenberg was out through no fault of his own thanks to being delayed in the pits by an issue, while Albon's flying lap came too early before the track had ramped up. So everybody eliminated in Q1. It was obviously not their fault, right? It was just circumstances. Definitely. We have Q2. Our guy, Stebby Ocon, he slid wide and he hit the wall. <laughs> on his side damaging his front wing and then he bounced before getting back on track thus he was knocked out alongside Yuki Sonoda, Pierre Gasly, Valtteri Bottas and Kevin Magnussen. Magnussen was also given a penalty of three grid places for impeding Charles Leclerc. Come on Magnussen what are you doing Kev? Get out of the way guy! Five teams made it through to Q3, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, and McLaren. And just in time for the sun to finally come out. Even though he qualified on pole, Max Verstappen had to start five grid places back after taking a new gearbox. And you would think in a normal year that going back five grid places might be interesting. But... <laughs> in well. 
We'll in see. reality, um, Max just flies past everybody. So I wasn't super hopeful about this one, but maybe Nolan was. In the Mercedes era, there were times when Lewis started at the back of the pack and still won, right? So I wasn't expecting anything less from Max. But, you know, I thought it was going to be nice to see Max have to do some overtakes this weekend. And as we'll see, he did. <laughs> before the halfway period. Yeah. Before the oh, halfway before, period. Yeah. Long before that. It's, you know, you're right, Nolan, in that in the Mercedes era, Lewis did start way at the back sometimes and still win. I think that is the most fun. I love watching a driver work their way through the entire field. When it's just like five cars, it's kind of anticlimactic because it's over pretty quickly. If they can take the whole race to work their way up through the field, that's something. And Jason agrees with me. Well, just like the the Lewis Brazil uh, sprint weekend was just kind of magical to watch because he yes. would go from, I think it was 20th, and then he went up a bunch, and then he had a penalty, so he went back uh-huh. a bunch, and then he just went right back through it all again. And it was like, well, that was pretty amazing to watch. It's like Michael Jordan at his peak. It's like, this is insane. Yes. That's a great point. That's kind of where I'm at right now watching Max. I think now that we're at the summer break, you know, this first half of the season, I think people are starting to lose their uh, the hype for the season with Max being so clearly dominant. Um, we'll see if something changes after the break. <laughs> no. uh, but I think it's time to kind of revel in it a little bit and watch like a master at work, you know, like we did with Lewis and just really yes. appreciate. Cause like this is when any sort of like automotive or racing event happens, I'll usually think of it through the lens of like, huh, how's that past gas episode going to play out in like 15 years? Our, our mm-hmm. automotive history show. We've talked about other greats like, you know, Ayrton Senna, Michael Schumacher and stuff. And at the time, watching those guys completely dominate must have been kind of underwhelming and boring as well at some points. So it's weird. At the time when you're watching it, it's kind of boring. But then in retrospect, it's hugely impressive. So why not just view it as hugely impressive right now as we get to watch it? Well, when you when you watch Max's onboard the lap as he's passing Perez, it's kind of insane. Mm -hmm. It looks like an adult racing me. Like, it's like, (laughs) it's the same car. And yet Max is like, everything happens perfectly. And you're watching Perez ahead. And the gap just gets smaller and smaller and smaller for the entire lap. And you're like, how is he doing this? How is that possible? Like, they're both professionals. Like, both of them are paid to do this in the same car. And it was kind of magical to watch that lap. Like, I didn't really, you know, whatever. Max wins every time and I'm over it also. But I was like, dang, the guy is like quite good. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's all right. He's fine. Um, I think we make a good point here in that you have to appreciate things while they're happening. Because if you're just miserable while things are happening, you don't get to appreciate history while it's being made. Like, in 50 years, we're going to talk about Max Verstappen leading by 30 seconds, sending the goofiest radio messages possible because he's (laughs) bored. Like, appreciate it while it's happening, even if it's a little boring. Yeah. (laughs) Before we move on to the sprint... Around qualifying, uh, Alpine announced that sporting director Alan Permain and team principal Otmar Schaffner would be leaving the team after the weekend before the summer break. In a statement, Alpine said, quote, We would like to thank Otmar for his hard work over the past 18 months and for leading the team in achieving fourth place in the 2022 Constructors' Championship. Guys, what are your thoughts on this? Before we have thoughts, I want to read what Otmar said about this, because in a way I agree with him, but in a way I was completely shocked. So he's talking about how you can't just like give someone a short period of time to make changes and then get rid of them because he had made hires and changes that were going to go into effect next year and in 2025. So he said, and I quote, I always say you can't get nine women pregnant and hope to have a baby in a month. I mean, he's totally right. I mean, like, mathematically, (laughs) this is correct, but why is he saying he always says, yeah, he's great at math, but he's like, I always say you can't get nine women. When are you having the opportunity to say this? I mean, this guy, he's been holding on to that one for a while. Yes, he has, Jason. (laughs) Regularly wears a vest on, uh, he, he drinks his green juice every morning. He's got, like, a Labradoodle, like, little dog, and that he's saying... 
<laughs> That's really, it's really funny. Very um, bizarre. I'm gonna miss him. I, you know, I hopefully he finds another job on the grid because I, I like him. I like the guy. Um, for the reasons that I just mentioned. Uh, the green juice. The green juice. That was I like one reason. Well, it. I like no, 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 leaving I'm... it like, oh, I hope he finds a job. And just... <laughs> I do. I hope he stays around. Um, I think. <laughs> Well, no, just ep- any job. Just any job? <laughs> yeah, I hope he finds a job. Uh, he's like setting up crafty or something for these teams. No, I think guys like this, he's got he's to gotta find a, uh, another position on another team, right? Like, what if Ferrari picks him up? I met Otmar at, so Alpine had me at Miami this year, uh, and I got the chance to sit down and chat with him. And honestly, like, he was awesome to chat with as, like, an engineer. Like, Mm -hmm. he loves getting into that kind of thing. And it was, like, really cool just asking him, you know, whatever questions I had about Formula One. And he'd give this, like, very, uh, you know, analytical, detailed response. And it was like, ooh, like, I like this guy. Like, he's very methodical in the way that he works. Um, And you could just, like, hear it. And, like, when he came and talked to the hospitality suite he was like look our whole point of this entire sport is like to entertain you so hopefully over the next you know two days this is actually fun for everyone in here and like some exciting things happen and like every little scenario that he was in he was like analyzing like what is the appropriate thing to do in this scenario uh and and how do i like provide that and it was like it was like oh like the guy i don't know he just seemed very smart to me he seems very thoughtful. I I yes. love this detailed breakdown of his personality because really the reason we picked him in Drive to Survive was he kind of felt like a little flower crown princess. And <laughs> we were like, that's our guy. <laughs> and then Jason's like got this detailed list of his personality. Well, I, I liked him. I was like, oh, he seems cool. And it, I felt I felt kind of bad because like they were doing rough up at that point. They had a good weekend in Miami, relatively speaking. But you could feel it in the air. Like people basically said it like, Hey, things aren't going well. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do better. Do we necessarily think though, that things not going well, all traces to Otmar, because I feel like a lot of the things that have happened have been because of Pierre and Esteban. (laughs) (laughs) Like they've been doing that. Like Esteban's penalties, like, yes, a lot of this has been them. Yeah. You can't read, like, any Formula One post now without, like, 1,000-second penalty for Esteban. And it's like, this is nothing. This is just a picture of Max. (laughs) I think you also have to remember that Alpine, uh, they let... I'm thinking about Cyril. I'm thinking about how they've had a few different team principals over the last 10 years, uh, five years even. I mean, that also says something else. It's like a Ferrari situation. You know, where they just it's like, keep going through them. Keep going through these principles and hope that fixes the problem. Where it's like maybe there's something structurally going on. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have a checklist of like, what do you do if you did not win? Fire <laughs> team principle is like one of those on yeah, the checklist. It is. Yes. Okay. It really is. <laughs> you know, I think it is in the best interest of team principles. And I don't know, this may be the case already, but they need to get the college football coach deal going. Oh. Where you have to buy me out for an exorbitant amount. <laughs> That discourages you from buying me out, but you buy me out anyway. That yes. is a that is a grift that I would. And then get he doesn't on. need to get a job. We don't go yeah, live we, your life off. Yeah. Mark. <laughs> we don't need a job. But also, I'm just thinking about the other teams that have had long-standing principles, like Red Bull with Christian Horner, obviously Mercedes Toto Wolf. You've got to let them cook. You got to let the team principles cook. Like these recipes that they're putting together, if you will, they take a long time. You know, it's not yeah, like you just true. throw them in the microwave. Uh, you got you got It's like a, a it, well, in Alpine's sense, uh, <laughs> it's like a Kokivan, right? It's like a chicken kind of pot roast deal where these veggies, you got to let them sit for a while. I mean, they all they all travel with their own, which I didn't really realize. Um, but when I was with Alpine in Miami, they, they bring their chefs everywhere with them. And it's like, <laughs> wait, y'all are just Actual eating? Cooking. Yeah, y'all are just eating this incredible cuisine like constantly, and they're like, "Yeah, like we bring our French chefs, and they make us these amazing meals That's the whole sick. weekend, every weekend." It's like, "Oh, great!" Damn, you don't have the super villain has a ton of influence. You don't have that vibe unless you let someone stay there for a long time. Yes. So, like Toto, 
the reason he had so much influence in 2021, like emailing everybody and freaking out on the broadcast is because he's Toto Wolf. Mm -hmm. If you only let someone be there for two years, it's not going to do anything. Christian Horner terrifies everyone because he has become the Red Bull supervillain. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen in a couple of years. And you need an F1. You need political clout in order to get things to go your way. Like, Honestly, if Red Bull had a different team principal who had been there for less time, would we have a different discussion about their penalty budget wise? Maybe. Who knows? Like you have less influence when you're there for fewer years. Definitely. I mean, I wonder if that's a factor in why these teams kind of are willing to get rid of their team principal so fast. Maybe maybe the higher ups are afraid of letting their team principals get too powerful. Maybe that's that's possible you solved it maybe i mean honestly maybe i have i've never taken a business class so i don't know but um <laughs> me neither yeah i've never read a never read a business book but you know I what i thought you were about to say never read a book in never general read a book. i was like i was I'm, like damn reading, nolan i've no i've i've read books i've definitely <laughs> slowed down on the rate that i'm reading I know what them, they are I've, I've seen them but i don't know maybe that's a thing I, maybe in ferrari's case hmm. you know i think another interesting analogy here though is like some of the teams will um, you know, they give a very short uh, duration of time for their driver to prove their worth, right? Like, like Red Bull, notorious for this, and many, and some of the teams do not. You know, they give them a, a longer time, and yet, like the the ones we're talking about, like Red Bull, keeps the you know the upper echelon intact pretty well for a long period of time. But like, you know, DeVries is out after half a season, um, so it's interesting to think about it from a driver standpoint as well. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I feel like the more tiers you have, the more you can afford to find those longstanding people and get rid of the people you want to get rid of. Whereas when you're with Alpine, you know, you're just working with Alpine. Yeah. Yeah. So, Otmar, we're going to miss you. I hope we see your face back in the pit wall soon, buddy. Keep drinking that green juice. Go pet your dog. <laughs> um, and we'll hopefully see you soon. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was a sprint race weekend this weekend. Uh, the start of the sprint was delayed due to rain. Surprise, surprise. Another surprise. Max won. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. But the rest of the podium was pretty shocking, though. Oscar Piastri claiming his first sort of P2. 
Uh, it was a sprint P2, but a P2 nonetheless. And Pierre Can Gasly. Can I make a comment? Yeah, Can go I make ahead. A comment right now. Okay, you said sort of, and that you saying sort of is my exact problem with these sprint yeah. weekends mm-hmm. because nobody knows what to do with them. And like Piastri had an amazing result, and nobody knows how to congratulate mm-hmm. him. Everyone's like. <laughs> Well, you, well, uh, he did something, <laughs> and, and everybody's job. like, well, "What did he do?" Yeah. And they're like, "I don't know, but he was fast for uh, Saturday for yeah. ten it's laps. Like, he was fast for ten laps because it got short." No one You're knows so right. how to congratulate these people, and it's like that was his first. It was his first what? And then no one knows what to say next, and it's like this is so awkward. Why are we doing this? Yeah, <laughs> that's actually so fair because there was. I feel like we had a discussion earlier this year where. Nico Hulkenberg almost got a podium in a sprint race. And we were like, how do you even classify that for the man who notoriously has never gotten yes. a podium? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? The announcers correct themselves too. They'll be like, oh, first podium. Well, okay, it wasn't a Grand Prix podium. It was a, and it was like, <laughs> come on, like this is. This awkward dance like needs to be corrected if you're going to do this. Yes. If they were going to if they were going to come out with sprint races, they needed to print a book of terminology, kind of like yeah. like the AP style book of Formula 1 racing oh. and this is how you classify it. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, cuz no one knows what we're doing. Pierre Gasly came in P3 on that podium, uh the sort of podium so Oscar Piastri became the first rookie to lead a racing lap since Esteban Gutierrez back in 2013. Haven't heard that name in a while, I bet. Gasly scored six points, which matched his highest total from any Grand Prix this season as wow. well. It's particularly important because points are lower, much lower in sprint races than in the Grand Prix. So the fact that he scored more points in a sprint race than he has in a Grand Prix this year, that's a big deal. Yeah. Wow. The tiers are slightly kinder in this sprint race, though, because you just go one point, which is... Yes. Yeah. It's just fewer points in general. But yeah, you're so right. The tiers are kinder. Unfortunately, we had some negativity on the... During the sprint race as well. Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso DNF'd out. Alonso, he spun out on lap four on his birthday, no less. Oh. (laughs) Happy birthday. (laughs) He's 42. How old is that? In Formula One years, like kind of like dog years. 14 plus 280, so 290. Oh, yeah. Let Jason Wait, answer. Do we do yeah. it wrong? No, no, no. Jason, <laughs> you you are the engineer. You do the math in your head. Seven times 42. Yeah, 294 is what I went with. So Fernando Alonso is 294 in dog years, which means hmm. next year he will pass 300. Uh-oh. Congratulations, <laughs> Fernando. That's huge. So Lewis Hamilton and Sergio Perez came together. Perez was left with damage and had to eventually retire. And Lewis Hamilton received a five-second penalty for causing a collision, which dropped him from P4 to P7. And there was some debate online whether this was egregious enough to deserve a penalty. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the debate is is worthy. I feel like it's worthy of debate. I don't (laughs) have super strong opinions about the incident and like, you know... Neither of them are going to win the race. (laughs) That's so true. So true. But I've seen things that I felt like should have gotten a penalty, not. Yes. Um, And we had Jensen Button on here. And Jensen was talking about going from open wheel racing in Europe to something like NASCAR. And he was like, where I come from, you can't hit each other. And then you come over here. And as long as you say sorry, you can kind of hit each other as hard as you want. Like, and it's true. You America. can. America. That's how we operate over here. Just tear up the race cars. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting dynamic to debate whether someone caused a collision when it actually is a pretty minor set of contact. Yeah. The way I see it is that they're definitely trying to discourage us with these new budget caps in place. I think that's something to keep in mind, like for the context for these penalties is like they want to like discourage as much collisions as they can. They want to like instill that and make it so like in three years time, like drivers don't even have an inkling of putting themselves in any position where another car is going to get damaged because that's going to eat into your budget. If you damage that car. Uh, and with that budget cap shrinking every season now uh, for the next couple of years, um, that makes sense to me why they do this. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Logan Sargent got a five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. 
and he finished P16. I feel like if I were that far down in the field, I would not <laughs> be in make that up much the time of a hurry. <laughs> yeah. For real. You it's like, I'll do it in the pits. <laughs> I'll do it in the pits. Go super fast. Um, yeah, I feel like I would kind of pay attention to my speed in pit lane if I were that far down on the field. Here's what I'll say. No one's faster than Sergeant in the pits. <laughs> it, was like, it was like that time um, when we had the two-lap race at Spa a few years ago. And oh Nikita Mazepin got the, um, he got the fastest lap bonus point because there were no green laps. But he didn't get the bonus point because he didn't finish in the top 10. You have to finish in the top 10. And so he had the, pa- the fastest lap, little purple highlight yeah. under safety car the whole time and it was like oh my god man nikita that's some history right there <laughs> <laughs> all right so during the first lap of the belgian grand prix carlos Sainz and mclaren rookie oscar piastri made contact after carlos's ferrari locked up and he pretty much pushed piastri into the wall uh the mclaren was forced to retire and a safety car was sent out but everyone was back racing by lap three some controversy early in the race with yeah, this incident. race ending no penalties so this <gasps> is why you go back to like hamilton and be like was it that big of a deal like they touched they just weren't looking jason <laughs> just the first lap if they could just watch the first lap just the first lap maybe the first corner tune in <laughs> yeah. also what is the name of the first corner because whenever i hear it i hear the sauce and <laughs> the sauce <laughs> uh, say it on the sauce like, I don't know. La Source. La Source. Oh, Source. Not but La But then sauce. just like with a, with a British accent. La Source. La Source. Yeah, that's kinda, it. You know, it that's sounds what you're like hearing. sauce. Okay. Yeah. So we had that incident in La Sauce. Uh, <laughs> La sauce. <laughs> too deep in the sauce. Piastri's radio message was very existentially sad. Quote, I don't know what he was doing. I was there and just turned in like I didn't exist. Ouch. It was sad, man. From what it looks like to me, Carlos and Lewis were going in that corner, right? Carlos is pretty preoccupied with Lewis, trying not to damage his side pod, uh, <laughs> but in turn uh, completely ignores uh, Oscar's car, who there's this, it's that onboard was crazy to watch because like Oscar's like going in, he has no space. He yeah. has to make that right-hand turn, but that barrier is coming up and then Carlos like completely cuts him off, sends him into the wall there. Could have been a lot worse, I think. Could have had a bit of a pile up there. I have the solution um, for all of these problems. Turn F1 cars into swangers. So if you don't know about swangers, they are when you have on your wheels. It's going to cause more problems. Yes, but less officiating problems. Your wheels, you have like little spokes stick out oh, yeah. for like a foot. Then they couldn't hit each other without popping each other. They'd other's have a tires. lot of space. They'd have tons of space. It would be great. But wouldn't wouldn't Max just go around popping everybody's tires? Yes, he would. He would. 100%. He'd be like, oops, it was the wind. So a few laps later, Carlos calls into the Ferrari pit wall and asks about his side pod damage. And he's told by his crew that he has a 5% balance shift in the car, uh, which is huge. There's, I mean, there's a huge hole in the side now, um, which I feel like could have been covered up with some a duct tape on a pit stop or something. But... Then on lap 23, uh, signs had to come in and they retired the car. As for the other Ferrari, though, Charles Leclerc did quite well. The man started on pole and finished on the podium in P3. But here's a sad stat to go along with that. Leclerc has failed to win his last nine starts from first on the grid. Bummer. Not a stat you want. This goes back to the um, Ferrari thing, which is they'll start first and then 10 laps into the race the engineer goes targeting p5 p5 (laughs) targeting p5 and you're like what (laughs) you started first i mean on that note there wasn't any sort of like terrible ferrari strategy call this weekend it was pretty drama free um there was no snarky radio messages from the drivers to their engineers telling them hey how about you let me figure this out uh it was pretty drama free aside from signs's side pod so I was just going to say what what I liked about what Ferrari did this weekend in that the announcers, and I was kind of thinking the same thing. Once Carlos had that damage and they were like, hey, 5% aero shift, 
uh, it was like, okay, there's no chance this guy wins. But they kept him out. And I was like, this is interesting that they're keeping him out. But what they were doing, which I didn't realize, is they were waiting for that rain to see what the rain would do. And then once the rain that wasn't rain happened and it was over, they're like, okay, all of the rain is over now. We have no chance. Like, there's no random flukes that are going to, like, create chaos that allow us to win. And then they just retired him. Because it was like, obviously the car was damaged. It probably wasn't going to do anything. But if the rain had some craziness happen, maybe he could have gotten up Mm -hmm. there in the points. Then once that was established, hey, that's not going to happen. Retired it. Saved the engine. For sure. This is why we invited you on the show, Jason. That freaking, (laughs) that next level analysis. Jason, Jason texted me and was like, I took notes. And then I was like, wow, that's incredible. And he was like, I took them on Thursday. They say Max Verstappen wins. (laughs) (laughs) We have Carlos and we have existential sad boy Oscar Piastri, both out of the race. They, you know, change out of their fire suits and come look at the computer screens and look sad. The other McLaren, Lando Norris, finished the race exactly where he started in P7. His early race messages were confusing. They were kind of garbled. At one point, he told his engineer, none of this is helping, mate. By lap 11, he was struggling with his tires. For everyone on the grid, tire wear was an issue. And by lap 15, everyone but Pierre, Lance, and George Russell had taken their first pit stop. But then around lap 18, Lando came in for a second stop that was slow, and he got soft tires right before the rain. And I was watching this, and I was like, it's about, like, we think it's going to rain. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty weird move. It looked like the absolute worst move possible. And yet, like, looking back, it was the absolute smartest move possible. So it was like, dang, they nailed it. And everyone thought that they were dumb while they were doing it. I thought they <laughs> um, were dumb. I did, too. I did, too. I was like, whoa. I wrote it down like, uh, this is stupid. Um, <laughs> And then, like, we got that 10-minute period of rain, not rain, and it was like softs were what everyone went to that did change tires for the rain. So it was like, oh, McLaren actually nailed it somehow. Except the stop was slow, but they did nail the thought process. (laughs) They knew what they should do, which tire they should put on. (laughs) They just weren't sure how to put it on the car. It (laughs) it It was wild. Like, watching it, you see the pit stop, Lando falls down the order, and then... 10 minutes later, he's back in P7. I was like, wait, how? what What happened? Yeah. yeah. How did that happen? They nailed it. Passed him in the pit. Also, we saw uh, McLaren's kind of lack of straight line speed, at least at this track. I think they set up the car expecting a lot of rain, so higher downforce and whatnot, and that kind of pe- that hurt them mm-hmm. on the straights. We didn't really see that rocket ship McLaren that we've been used to in the past couple race weekends. I'm sure they'll be back after the break. I'm sure they'll be just fine. Yeah, they've got some time to think about it. Speaking of thinking, it's time once again to talk about the the racing ruminator himself, the man with the plan, the guy with observations on the racetrack, uh, Max Verstappen. Let's get specific, okay, on how dominant this guy is this season, all right? He started in P6 due to that five-place gearbox penalty, but was leading the race by lap 17. Max won by over 21 seconds ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez. And as a result, Max is on the verge of tying Sebastian Vettel's consecutive race win record. Uh, this win at, at Spa made eighth, and the next one will be ninth, which Vettel set 10 years ago in 2013. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. So, again, this is, another, uh, this is another reason to get excited about Max winning now, because now I'm rooting for him to break these records. I want to yes. see this happen. Might as well. If we're watching it, <laughs> what else are we doing? What else are we going to do? Might as well break that record. Might as well root for him, you know? Were we a little surprised that it took him until lap 17 to be in the lead? I I really thought he'd be in there in the first 10 laps. That's fair, yeah. There was a moment where he was, like, holding a, like, two, two and a half second gap with Perez. And I was like, what's going on? Like, they're, like, equal? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was this brief moment of, I don't know, maybe Max was just, like, daydreaming. And lost. He was sketching in his notepad while he's driving, like, the beautiful landscape around him. But usually if he's not in first, it's like, no. Like, literally nothing matters except first. And there was this, like, kind of pause that was like, what's going on? And then they pitted and he got angry and, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I was just going to say another fun stat about like Max's dominance. If he sat out the next four races, he'd still be leading the championship. That's crazy. Yeah. Four races if he sat out all four. And like probably could be more because do you think Perez would win all of them? No. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) I say this all the time. He should go run NASCAR trucks at Talladega because that is what Max wants That's to do. And he, he could do it and still win the championship. Yes, he like, could. He That's could just the thing. like, oh, you know what? I race multiple series and I win them even though I miss races. I mean, honestly, he probably has like, it's probably in his contract that he cannot do this. They honestly probably don't let him because they don't want him to get hurt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So this also marks Max's 13th consecutive podium finish, the fourth longest streak in history. The last time Max wasn't on the podium was last year at Brazil, where he finished sixth. Wow, incredible memory again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't just look that up. (laughs) Like an elephant, you know? Oh, yeah. No literally everything. Oh, my Um, God. I read this story about an elephant. This this elephant trampled this person. Uh, and then they at the deserved it. at the funeral, probably at the funeral, a gang of elephants showed up and like trampled them again. And it turned <laughs> out, and it, yeah, and it turned out that this person who got killed by the elephant was like a member of like a poaching gang or something like that. <gasps> oh, I vaguely remember this. So if you're out, don't mess with elephants, dude. They will mess you up. They will come or to your orcas, funeral. Apparently now orcas don't. are taking down boats. I was about to say elephants are the orcas of the land. I love yeah. it. I'm team elephant. You know what? Good for the elephants. I'm team orca as I well. like in this scenario <laughs> yeah. that something is being the orca and not the elephant of. I like that. You're right. I love that. All right. So that's been the nature portion of the show. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Back to Max. Um, he hasn't lost a GP or a sprint in nearly four months. That's insane. Have any of y'all gone four months without losing? No. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I just lost the game because of Jason. Are we aware of the game? I am aware of what it is, but I don't I don't really actively participate. That's the only way to win. That's the only way to win is to not participate. Most impressively from this weekend, Max may be the first F1 driver in history to win a race while in a war of words with his engineer Gian Piero Lambiasi. This was funny. On lap 13, Max was told, "Hey, hey, don't forget Max, use your head." And Max retorted, are we doing it or what? Like, are we going to stop? And then uh, Lambiasi said, hey, just follow my instructions. Max is like, I just want to know what the car is doing. And then Lambiasi, Max, just follow my instruction and trust it, okay? They got in a little tiff. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. A lap later, Max is asked if he can make his tires last until the rain arrives, to which he says, quote, I can't see the weather radar, can I? So I don't know. So <laughs> Red Bull has him pit. <laughs> a little bratty. A little bratty. A little, bit, yeah. a little bratty. This is what happens to me every year in that I'm a very like forgetful and forgiving person, mostly because I'm very forgetful. But uh, Max, like <laughs> I the forget beginning and of the forgive. Year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do both. Uh, Max, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, I forget that last year he was like really rude and mean and did these cruel <laughs> things to everybody. And so I'm like, oh, you know what? He's not so bad. He's really good. He's out there. He's doing his thing. He's winning these races. I really like the guy. And then I'll like see videos of him like interacting uh, with his girlfriend. I don't know if they're together, married or whatever, his daughter. And they're like really pleasant interactions. Like, oh, he seems like a nice guy. Like, okay, everything's good. And then like, you know, within his own team, he's just such a (laughs) like the people on his team. And it's like, no, I don't like that. That's why I don't like this guy. And I remember like all the other things that happened in the past. And I'm like, that's why I don't like him. But this was just another example of that because I feel like this season – Again, partly because he's in first place all the time, and he's much nicer when he's in first place than any other place. True. But I was like, oh, like, you know, he seems like actually pretty likable. And and I think people can grow and become better. And so I'm always like, oh, each year, you know what, this year, Max is going to be nice year. Uh, but, yeah. Christian Horner has described the relationship between Max and Lambiasi as like an old married couple. Like, they will get in each other's faces and stuff. They will They will bicker with each other, but they're still a unit you know yes and so if the engineer in this case is totally cool with it then like i have no place to judge right i can't be like oh max is rude if the engineer is like no no no, like this is us that's fine but it doesn't always sound like that 
<laughs> you know, I watched again the other day. I had a ride along with Max last year in a Honda Civic Type R and I watched the in-car footage again. And it just reiterates that I actually think Max is funny. And I think we just like kind of misconstrue a lot of the things he says as meaner than they are. Mm -hmm. And like there are times when Max is mean and Max does stuff he shouldn't. But in general, he's just like this very serious dude with like very dry humor. Yes. And he's actually kind of fun to be around. Yeah. <laughs> I I believe that fully. And also I think the the part where he was saying like, um, let's do some more pit stop training because I can push ahead enough of a gap mm -hmm. so that we can do another pit stop. It was like, that was a joke, like very clearly, but like the way he said it was not said as if I am telling yes. a joke. And so like, if you don't understand that, like, you know, dry sense of humor, it was like, oh, this. And so a lot of it is that with this engineer and it's like hard to sparse out, okay, when is he being rude? And when is he just like giving these little jabs that are like yes. fun between them? And what's funny is, so when I got in the car for the ride along last year, I was, it was Max and Sergio. And I was like, Max, can y'all race? Because they're on the track at the same time. And Max was like, they told us not to. <laughs> and I was like, so does that mean you're going to or not? And he was like, let's do it. And so we got out on track and we got away from where like the people directing him were. We got to the other side of the track and he just like kind of stopped and waited for Checo to catch him and then started <laughs> racing him. And we were having a ball. We were having the time of our lives. Like me and Max were just joking with each other and having fun. We pull it into the pits and I get out of the car and the end of the video, the person comes to the window and goes, Max, you have to give him a gap. <laughs> and Max is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but me and Max were like screwing around, having fun, like making yes. jokes with each other. He's funny. I I fully believe he's funny. Yeah, I think he is <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nolan, what else was he saying? Well, you know, yeah, on lap please. 33, uh, Lambiasi tells him, hey, you used a lot of tire on the last outlap, Max. Not sure that was sensible. <laughs> to which Max responded by setting the fastest lap of the race so far. <laughs> See, that's funny. That's, that's funny. funny. Yeah. He's funny. And it's also one of those like Michael Jordan jabs, you know, where like it's like and then I took it personally. It's yeah. like it's he, he tells him he can't do something. So he does it like even more and better and still wins the race by like yes. a crushing amount. And so it's like, no, I can do literally anything and I, and I will dominate this sport. Mm -hmm. and it's just like, oh, dang, statement made. It's crazy. Yeah. And then finally, lap 34. uh uh, Lambiasi says, quote, this tire had reasonable degradation in the first stint. I'd ask you to use your head a bit more, to which Max replied, I could also push, and we do another stop, a little bit of pit stop training, uh, like you mentioned, Jason. So, <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, Max has been a <laughs> in the past, but I think it's time for us to move on a little bit and accept that he's funny. At one point, I think a little after the pit stop training thing, he came over the radio and did his usual weather update which is what he's doing now because i think he's bored he's like it's really windy out here i'm having to hold the wheel really tight and we're just like <laughs> oh you gotta hold the wheel oh, yeah no. that was so strange <laughs> oh no max you're leading by 22 seconds and you have to hold the wheel tight i'm sorry that one didn't land that was that was definitely like an open mic he's trying it out um yeah <laughs> it's not gonna go in the in the tight in the you know the, the 10 minute set the 15 oh my goodness Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The rest of the field finished way behind Max, but there were a couple of redeeming factors. At Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton got fastest lap. Good for you, Lewis. Meanwhile, George Russell was on a one-stop strategy, and he put on softs at lap 23. He moved up two places from P8 to P6. Good for George. Yuki Sonoda finished with that last point. He had Get a pretty it, Yuki. Good yeah, go Yuki. He started P11, but he got as high as... P6 around lap five and he finished in 10th. 
Meanwhile, his new teammate, Daniel Ricardo is still getting his bearings at AlphaTauri. He started P19 after he got a lap time deleted during qualifying, and he only managed to move up a few places to P16. Yeah. Alpine had a good weekend, aside from firing everybody. Pierre got <laughs> P3 in the sprint, and then during the Grand Prix, Esteban Ocon started P14 and finished P8. Wow. Here's my thought on Daniel Ricardo. I understand why he went back into the Red Bull system, but it would have been much more entertaining for him to go do something else, such as NASCAR, than for him to fart around in an AlphaTauri car. Yeah, but then you don't get to go to Belgium. True. You go to Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little dangerous, too, because I feel like there's a decent chance Yuki drives better. Yeah. And if Yuki does drive better for the remaining of the season, like it might end Ricardo's career. Definitely. So it's like tough. Risk. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if if he was doing something for a whole year in another race series and then came back and got like a fresh start, like it, I feel like it makes the, the future more hopeful. Like now he really has to perform in a terrible car um, that somehow Yuki has like figured out. But here's the question, our thought the whole time since Daniel Ricciardo rejoined the Red Bull system is that Daniel Ricciardo is being used kind of as a threat with Checo. Like, hey, Checo, perform or we're going to put Daniel in the car. If it's not Daniel, then who is it? Yeah, but the thing is, like, if if Yuki outperforms Daniel, why would they put Daniel in it, you know? Exactly, exactly. So So is it Yuki? Who is it? He's got to perform. Well, I mean, as we've Um, seen, I think... Honestly, I have to give props to Sergio for kind of bouncing back these past two yes. races. Um, yeah. Ever since Daniel came on board, he's been doing really well. So Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he has nightmares every single night. But, I mean, it's not Daniel's fault exactly if he farts around in an Alpha Tauri car for the rest of the year. Because that's really all that car does <laughs> is fart around. Yeah. But the optics are not great. And also, like, I was talking to people during the race, and they were like, I totally forgot Daniel Ricciardo was in this race. If he went and did something else, like media-wise and brand-wise for him, everyone would know he was in that race. It's hard to yes. even remember that he's in the Formula One race in an Alpha Tauri car. That's yeah. a good point, and it's sad. I mean, we've got a it lot more racing this season to go, so we'll see what happens after the summer break. And I think we will see a, re- <laughs> even though it's only been two races since he's been back, I think we will see like a refreshed Daniel Ricciardo, uh, since everybody else also has to take a long break. So we'll see when they come back. Alex Albon had a good race, but third pit stop squashed his chances at the points. Yeah, he was um, up in the points for sure. Logan Sargent also didn't get points, but. I don't think we were expecting that. <laughs> Poor guy, yeah, you know. Poor guy. Yeah, Williams looked really great. I mean, they were fast as hell around here at Spa uh, until that third pit stop. That's really unfortunate. <laughs> well, to sum it all up, the podium was Max Verstappen followed by Sergio Perez with that Red Bull 1-2. And then Charles Leclerc. Then came Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, George Russell, and Lando Norris. And finally, Stebby Ocon. Lance Stroll, and Yuki Tsunoda with the final points of the grid. Our fastest lap went to our guy Lewis Hamilton. Driver of the day was Max Verstappen. Yeah, good for Max. And our DNFs were Oscar Piastri and Carlos Sainz. You know what? I thought this was a pretty interesting race. Even though it was kind of like a foregone conclusion with Max winning, (laughs) there was still a lot of midfield battles, and that rain coming in was pretty interesting. I and I always like watching Spa when it's not completely rained out. I mean, the delays suck. Like Saturday, I am kind of glad that I didn't like dedicate time towards because it was like, <laughs> man, there's so many delays, mm-hmm. and it's just like bummer because during the race, it's like it would have been cool if they had to go to inners because it would have mm-hmm. added a lot of drama. Yes, um, I mean, it's cool that anything at all happened, so it was like great that we got a little sprinkle, but. Spa is also one of those places where, like, it just dumps and then it gets red flagged. And it's like, well, nobody wants that because it's boring and you have to sit around all day. We saw a lot of great moves, too. Like, um, I think it was Esteban Ocon going around the outside of Alex Albon or someone else uh, after that straight there. Like, that was a pretty cool. We saw a couple moves around the outside there, which I was not expecting. Then finally, Lando Norris going around the outside. Is it Ravage? I think that long right hander before the second sector of the track. Um, anyway, 
Lando going around the outside of who was it? I think it was Logan Sargent. If, if it's not the sauce, I don't know what corner yeah. it is. I, I was about to say if it's not, but the no, sauce, it was like it, it was a it was a turn that nope, you don't you just don't pass around the outside because it's really hard to do. And Lando made it look super easy. That was very exciting. We saw I think Alex Albon into the bus stop like a late breaking move. There was a lot of great passes in this race, a lot of variety. For sure. Uh, and also we got to see how freaking fast the Red Bull is with DRS, even against its own, it's like max passing Sergio with DRS was like, how is this car? They're the same. How is this one even faster? I think everyone, like anybody listening should, if, if you didn't like watch the onboard of max on lap 16 before he passes Perez, cause it's just kind of magical. And you look at Perez and you're like, Dude, how are you an F1 driver? And like, obviously, <laughs> he's better. Like, he's one of the best drivers in the world. But like, comparatively to Max in that lap, you just—it's just like mind blowing how good Max is. Yeah, it's insane. And I mean, a thing—a thing we have talked about on the show is that the Red Bull car is built to Max. So anybody who is his teammate has to wrestle with that because Max likes a very specific car. Yeah. But. It is wild to watch Max pass a teammate. It's ridiculous. Also, Fernando Alonso, our birthday boy, only leads Lewis Hamilton by one point for fourth in the championship. Oh, wow. Wow. That's our, yeah, that's, that's our battle they right had there. Some strong <laughs> momentum, and that's completely gone. It's gone. It's gone. Aston is, it's rough out there for Aston. Well, I think everyone else has gained momentum and finally caught up. True. Um, but yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. So yeah, we got the summer break coming up. But first, it's time for Boyfriend of the Week. <laughs> Jason, this is our recurring weekly segment where we acknowledge who's the best, okay? It can be anybody. It can be a driver. It can be a car, moment, team lead, uh, like Otmar Schaffnauer. Um, Poor Otmar. It can be somebody online. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It is also middle school rules, so it's for this week only. It's like, who's who's our person this week? I'll just lead off. I'll say Sergio Perez is my boyfriend of the week this week. Uh, we're, we're is that like a kindness thing? Yeah. Like pity? <laughs> I was thinking yeah. no, pity no, no, boyfriend. No. We, this is not for pity. This is for this is a, an acknowledgement of a, a job well done uh, so okay. far. Did you, you know. see him on lap 16? <laughs> I did not. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, getting that second place spot uh, on this race. <laughs> Um, showing that, hey, you know what? Maybe he's got his juice back a little bit. Some juice. He's okay. Maybe not juice, but he's getting he, he's getting his uh, his groove back. Uh, you know, he had a rough patch, and now he's he, he's doing what he needs to for Red Bull, and therefore, you get to be my boyfriend of the week, Sergio. How's that? Wow, you were mediocre plus hey. boyfriend <laughs> of the week. <laughs> my boyfriend of the week. I'm gonna start with a little story. Okay, so on Monday. I was interviewing Alex Bowman. He's a, he is the driver of the 48 car in the NASCAR Cup Series. And I logged on and Zoom wasn't working. And so I called his PR person and then my audio wasn't working. And so I couldn't, like, this was computer and phone. Nothing was working. So I FaceTime his PR person and I say, can you add Alex to the FaceTime since nothing is working? So we had this fun little FaceTime for like half an hour and Alex is renovating his house. So he is stuck upstairs, I think upstairs in a room with his two dogs. And it's just him and the dogs while he's remodeling. And one of his dogs, Finn, could not just let the interview happen. So Finn spent half the time just nosing in to the interview and I posted a little screenshot of the FaceTime with Finn on there and my cat Portia was also on there. So my boyfriend of the week is Finn for constantly interrupting. Thank you. You're an adorable dog. I appreciate the fun. Hell yeah. Way to go, Finn. Way to go, Finn. Um, Jason, have you had sufficient time? Yeah, I feel like I didn't understand it at first and now I understand it. Um, and so I was going to say that my boyfriend of the week is my cat, but now my cat bucket is the greatest cat in the world. But now that I understand from Nolan, like what the premise is, I'm going to go with Portia because like, she's fine as a cat. Like she's an okay cat. Um, you know, good cat. Great. Jason. <laughs> Well, that Nolan, that's what we're doing, right? Uh, just like pick someone that did all right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I mean, sure, yeah. 
I think this hey, this is a great mo- this is a momentous occasion. Portia's never been uh Portia she's never is won gonna be boyfriend a, of the week, she's so be extremely offended. No, she's a cat, so she's no, like, she'll great, be honored fine. to be boyfriend yeah. of the week. Cats don't care, cats don't listen to podcasts. So um I think she'll be very happy with this. And that's a hilarious I'm pick. I'm speechless. Um, Jason is now banned from the Donut Racing <laughs> Show. I'm so speechless. Um, you, listener, are not banned from the Donut Racing Show. And I appreciate you for listening. Next week is summer break. But we'll be here talking about the season so far. And there might be a couple of guests yeah. joining us. We're waiting to confirm. Because I won't be here. I'll be, in, I'll be at the Bonneville Salt Flats. If you are going to be out at Bonneville, you'll see me. Say what's up. Just call him. Just call him. Yeah, yeah just call, call him. me. You guys have my number. Call me. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, tune in here to see who shows up. Tune in to Bonneville if you want Nolan to show up and to talk sure. to him. How exciting. Yes. What there definitely will be is a boyfriend of the week of the season so far with high school rules. Whoa. More predictions for the rest of the season and maybe some conspiracy corners as well. So definitely tune in. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell all of your friends to tune in to the Donut Racing Show. If you want to leave us a five-star and kindly worded review, it really helps us out. And let me say that a couple of weeks ago, I ended the show by saying, if you're a man who thinks he could land a commercial airplane in an emergency, leave us a five-star review and tell us that you could. And if you go to Apple Podcasts, there are a bunch of five-star reviews that say the like the title is plain, and then the body says, I could definitely do it. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that. It made my day. I was in bed at like 11 p.m. reading the reviews, and I couldn't believe that so many of you did that. Um, Good stuff, guys. Hubris is the way to five-star reviews. Exactly. (laughs) Um, We also have an email address where you can get in touch. It's donutracingshow at donutmedia.com. Here's one we got recently. Hi, friends. I love the episode over the Spanish Grand Prix. Over the last month or so, I binged all of Pass Gas and DRS while at work. This episode specifically made me laugh out loud at work when you played the sound bit of George confusing his sweat for rain because I'm a union construction worker and did the exact same thing yesterday while sweating my ass off in the Texas heat. I've been trying to get into F1 for a while now, but can never find a good inroad, and your show has been perfect. I look forward to listening to it every week for both the race recap caps and the in-betweens live strong sean all right thank you, thank you sean. sean that was great <laughs> and thank you jason for coming on the show dude thank you yeah really appreciate y'all having me this was fun this was really great yeah check out jason's channel engineering explained if for some reason you've never watched jason's videos uh what the heck are you doing He's smart. He'll teach yeah. you things. I mean, so many. YouTube.com slash Alanis King. <laughs> yeah. That's my channel. Go That's check it me. Out. Yep. Go check it out. That's Jason. Um, He's really smart. He'll be in front of a whiteboard. Do you have anything else you're working on that you'd like to pit or pitch? Yeah. Hey, do you have anything to pitch? Do you have anything you'd like to plug, Jason? <laughs> uh, Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, full circle. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Going to give my Fernando Alonso response. <laughs> All right. I wasn't prepared for this. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Jason, are you ever, uh, do you have a podcast? Have you thought about starting one up? Because I feel like, I feel like I would listen to that. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. I have thought about it a lot. Um, and I have, I have documents of <laughs> ideas and stuff. Uh-huh. And that's where, it, that's where it dies. I, dude, I think, I think you should listen, look into that a little more. Yeah, it seems fun, and that's why I like it. Um, <laughs> aside from that, life has so many things that you can do, yeah. and you got to choose. That's true. So true, Jason. That's wow. very true. <laughs> um, again, check out Jason's channel, Engineering Explained. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Donut, that's us. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, as well as an automotive history show uh, podcast called Past Gas. Please check that out. If you haven't already, follow DRS on Twitter is it X now? Uh, we're on just, X. We're just ignoring Oof. that. Just um, yeah. Follow the Donut Racing Show on social media at Donut Racing Show and email us at donutracingshow at donutmedia.com. Follow Alanis at 
Alanis N. King on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and all the stuff. There's no in on YouTube. I didn't realize this until oh. the other day. There's no in. It's just Alanis King. Oh. Alan is king. Oh, yeah. Yay. Okay. And then uh, you're also, you've also made a lot of appearances on Doug DeMiro's channel. Yes, yeah, so, so I'm on Doug out. DeMiro's channel and Cars and Bids. Jason is going to be on Cars and Bids soon. The whole gang is everywhere. All right. Liz was not here this week, but you can follow Elizabeth <laughs> at Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. And follow me at Nolan J. Sykes on everything. Jason, give us your socials one more time. Uh, YouTube.com slash Alan is King. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just Google Engineering Explained and hopefully it's me that pops up. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jason. You're the best. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Yay. See everybody next time. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that. And find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.